Okay. This is driving to the res. Conversations driving to the res. We are in our truck and we usually have really interesting conversations, Larry and I, while we're driving to the res. So this episode is going to be called Episode One: Driving to the Res. <laughs> and if you don't know, res is reservation. And that's for Native American location. <laughs> <laughs> In because, the United States of America. <laughs> yeah, because we live on the larger reservation, United States of America, and the smaller reservation, the Makai Indian Reservation, and we live on the Shamachak, and we live on the reservation, and when we're driving between the Shamachak and the reservation, we have about 40 minutes of interesting conversations. Today we have a nice road and lots of sun. Sometimes we have lots of snow. One time it took us seven hours. It did take us seven hours to drive to the rest once. We had trees falling down behind us, trees falling down in front of us. We were limited in what we could do. Mostly we just sit there and look at the pretty snow. It actually didn't feel like seven hours. It was quite nice actually. Yeah, it was quite enjoyable. We talked about a lot of stuff. We should have had a podcast of driving to the res in the snow. <laughs> experience Larry and I had this morning? Yes. <clears throat> My experience of, well, we call it soup nowadays. I was a bit in the soup and, uh, and Ellie is a bit in the uh, focus. So I was doing dishes and I was trying to build a company about seaweed, kelp, and applying for a internship with Noah and the Veterans Affairs Company and cooking some breakfast and trying some kelp sauce, uh, eating some pickles and collecting the eggs and thinking about the chicken coop and uh, that we needed to drive to the res today and we were at the same time thinking about what we're going to talk about for our podcast and so I got maxed out. I ran out of uh, bandwidth. <laughs> so I said, we can talk about what we can talk about when we're in the truck getting ready to talk about it. Yes. <laughs> because I'm, I'm already have the maximum number of ingredients in my life soup. <laughs> the life soup. Yeah, so I, what I understood was, okay, so we're going to be talking about discussing what we're going to talk about <laughs> podcast as <laughs> our first episode of driving to the res <laughs> but then it was like no 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 that's not it but actually i think it's going to be a little bit like that a little bit because soup soup in your life is what we were talking about yes when we were talking about what we we're going to talk about mm-hmm. because while we were talking about what we we're going to talk about it was creating a course for in Ivan's Academy and one of the exercises she was doing, I was doing a lot with her while I was doing other things, so admittedly I wasn't completely focused, (laughs) although she was. And the exercise, you can find it actually already in a class at my website, in iliabenz.com and the class at the moment it's called Nature of Reality 
but the course that I'm creating for the Ibens Academy is going to include that class and also decoding the matrix and rules of engagement and also entry rules and regulations to the new paradigm. I'm going to, I'm unpacking all of those classes and I'm going to create a course with the, uh, with all of this included that's more comprehensive and it has videos and it has exercises and case studies and all sorts of things. So as I was unpacking the nature of reality class, there's an exercise in there where you step or you reach into the field of infinite possibilities or potentiality and you pull something out and then you look at it. And it's really fascinating because Larry was at the time working on his ideas for his kelp products. He pulled out, I think it was labels and jars. Yes, I reached in and I pulled out, which will give you a little bit of indication of my focus at the time. I reached in and pulled out a little company that had half a dozen people putting stickers on these uh, hot sauce bottles. And it was a very clean little space and there was people working and it was like the fish plant, but it was a making hot sauce plant with seaweed. So I thought that was pretty cool. And, uh, and Ilya, at the same time, <laughs> she reached in and pulled out something a bit more majestic, I would say. <laughs> There's a small self and a big self. I think she was in her big self. Definitely, because when I pulled my hand out, it blew my mind what was on my hand. What was in my hand was Gaia made of light. And it just blew my mind, my emotional body, my egoic body, my physical body out of the water. It was so powerful that it stopped everything. I mean, I couldn't work anymore. I couldn't do anything. I was just overwhelmed with the beauty of it and the majestic part of it, for sure. Um, and the high frequency that it just exploded out of it. It was just such an amazing experience. I just put my hand into the field of potentiality, pulled it out, and there was Gaia in my hand. And it was that beautiful, high-frequency, light-filled Gaia. It, it just blew me away. You know, even now thinking about it just blows me away. I don't know. I'm speechless. speechless. <laughs> I'm speechless. You're just sitting there in, in awe and going, what have I just experienced? What am I just witnessing? What am I seeing? This is, this is something so right. <laughs> it is, yeah. It was so right. I, there's, there's no words. There's no words. I'd say... Do it yourself and see how you how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really express it. I mean, words don't make it. Don't don't give it justice. It's, it's just so much. There's muchness of it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, obviously you can uh, reach into the field of limitless potentiality at any state tiny, big, middle, whatever, and you can pull out something, anything, that really pertains to limitlessly anything. That can include a light, Gaia, a Gaia made of light, is that what you said? 
Yeah, yeah, Gaia was light. I mean, yeah, it was a, a light Gaia. <laughs> a light Gaia, Gaia without any Darkness. light dark. Yeah. Just light. Just light, yeah. Or you could pull out labels on for a hot sauce jar. <laughs> yes. Or, more accurately, a little company that has Does people it? working doing yeah. that. It's every level of existence, and it is limitless, so... There are no limits on what you can pull out of there. There's no judgment. There's no anything. And my plan is for the next few days, I suppose, is to just play with that exercise. I had forgotten about it. I mean, that class is from 2014, I think. I never forgot about that one. That was always one of my favorites. Yeah. But I had set it aside and not accessed it for years. And I think that but now is the time as we step out into society and step out and create and co-create to start doing this for our own lives, right? I can pull out a beautiful dress, I can pull out a company, I can pull out Gaia made of light, I can pull out a universality of it. The other interesting side of the exercise is the second part of the exercise is that you pull out a peach and the peach is made of highly positive life force energy, health, everything. It's complete. It's a complete peach. But of course, you know, in the new class, I'm going to do fruit because a lot of people don't like peaches. Really? <laughs> you could be allergic to them too. Who could be allergic to them? Well, I guess you could be allergic to a peach, but who doesn't like a peach? I don't know, but... Everybody you likes know, a peach. There's, there's people on the planet who don't like no, peaches. There isn't. I don't there think there is. No, that's there totally impossible. Is. I bet there is. <laughs> okay, there probably is one or two. But, yeah. You know, they probably aren't going to buy the course anyway. Oh, boy. <laughs> anyway, it's going to be a fruit, okay? <laughs> Anyways, after you do it ten times, you might want watermelon okay. or an apple or a passion fruit or a star fruit, <laughs> a papaya. <laughs> I guess it's possible, but there's no more perfect fruit than a peach anyway, so... So, anyways, as I pull that out, and then you eat it, right? Because it's like, I think this exercise can be expanded also to illustrate how you can fulfill all your physical needs with this um, mindset, you know? Like, removing the programs of limitation... And as you do that, all those things that it fulfills come in to you in the real world. And um, so I was going to play with that one for the next few days too, to see what happens. But as I did it today, as I was looking at the beach, I could see all these people around the world and being busy and high frequency and co-creating in beautiful locations and and ideas, discussing ideas and brainstorming and it was really wonderful and I thought to myself whoa, this speech represents the human collective you know, the high frequency aspect of the human collective so it was fascinating at the same time as the other so definitely that I'm going to be expanding of that on that exercise for the academy course and make it probably the, the physical nourishment part, the, the 
random what are you going to bring out of it, then deciding what you're going to bring out of it, um, and also including the human collective and bring that out of it, it's going to be good, that, I think. That sounds pretty, pretty big. <laughs> yeah. We I'm were, excited. Yeah, we were, what's happened with our B&Gs? And, uh, hitting upon a few little things here and there. The bright, B&Gs are the brights and grooms for anyone who doesn't know. A group of the brights and grooms. Oh, Gaia. Gaia. And, uh, this weekend, I guess we can call it Valentine's Day, is brights and grooms wedding day. Yes. Because yeah. that was the day that the, oh, look at all the nets. We look right past us. the river. We can see the nets catching fish there. Catching some steelhead. Oh, there's our whaler. Valentine's Day being the marriage day for grooms, the brides marriage and day, yeah. Yeah. Valentine's Day has been co-opted by the brides and grooms of Gaia. Yeah. That's wedding day. So wedding day you sign your um, contract. Yeah. Contractual agreement with Gaia to exist in a high frequency relationship. Sort of like, exactly like a, a husband and wife type one. Where you're including each other in your decisions and your choices. Yeah. High frequency marriage. Yeah. Which... The first thing that happens when people talk about getting married is what? Fowls and programs. Fowls and programs. I don't want to get married. I don't want him to be the boss of me or she to be the boss of me or Paul and Jane and on and on and on and on. Although, you know, some people, to be fair, have a little bit of a uh, idyllic nature to the whole process, the fairy princess thing. Yep, some people had no problem with it at all. Or I can't wait to be in a partnership where I get to share my life with someone and the sharing is going to make everything that I experience triple, double, quadruple. Some have that, but you know, some have the other. So this particular marriage is the highest frequency one you can imagine. And while we were talking about that, I'm thinking about that, and Elia pulled out Gaia filled with light, or made of light, a light, light, light Gaia. Yeah. Which is basically what the brides and grooms are all about. Yes. There are too any of this particular bride and groom of Gaia's that are interested in, um, Destroying the planet. Destroying the planet. <laughs> or each other. Or each other in the process. Or having the planet take them out. Or any of those things. Right. None of that, uh, I gotta learn my lesson through hardship grooms and brides. None of those. <laughs> None of those. None of those, uh, well, we were talking a little bit about the savior aspect of, uh, save the planet. The planet doesn't need our, our saving. No, it doesn't. But the planet does need us to go intergalactic. And it, it does need us to make sure we don't kill ourselves yes. by making it toxic for ourselves. Yeah. And we were talking about the martyrdom part of it where we'll sacrifice ourselves to save the tree or save a fish or save a forest or save a something. And that's not going to be part of it. Right. And the energy of righteousness is not good either. Right. Those are the parts of a marriage that were frequency that we have discarded so this contract that we're signing we're going to be putting it out on the web so um, if you want to know where and where it's going to be posted so you can look at it decide whether you want to sign it 
And it, the contract between you and Gaia, it has nothing to do with any groups or anyone else, basically. It's just you and your spouse, Gaia. Right. Real girl Gaia, because it's actually Gaia's androgynous, but we prefer to talk about Gaia's her at the moment. <laughs> so anyways, um, just sign in for my newsletter at inalienbrands.com and when we get that published I will send a newsletter out to let everybody know how to find it where to find it and um, you can take a look and sign it and then you too will be in a very high frequency relationship with Kaya. You probably are already but this is very very good to have delineate what that means right? right and it took about a year for of, of people working on it a whole group of people working on it to figure out what goes into the contract and why and it's a very beautiful journey it's been a really amazing beautiful journey so well worth checking out anyways what else did we decide we were going to talk about on our drive to the race Oh, well, you know, we were going to talk about what we were going to talk about. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, of course, you can write to me. Um, find me on Facebook or whatever. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Post it under... I'll the... just look in the kitchen. You're probably sitting right there. Oh, he will look in the kitchen and find me. I'm talking about room. our listeners, darling. Oh, well, they already know how to find us. Yeah, you can find us, and you can say, Hey, guys, why don't you talk about this or that or the other? Oh, well, they should just call me if you want to talk. <laughs> yeah, we should have a, a proper radio station. Because they can't call us when we're driving, because there's no coverage most of the way. That's a good point. It is a good point. Where's the elk? There's no elk on the fields today. There were elk yesterday on the way home, there were elk yesterday on the way there. Yeah, there was. There was baby ones too. A whole bunch of baby elk sitting down next to their mummies. Makes you wonder, doesn't it, about elk, elk. Would that be a yummy thing? <laughs> I don't know. Like cashew milk, cow milk, elk. almond milk, elk what milk. About goat I wonder if that's milk. a thing, goat milk. Yeah, remember, we watched that last night. Yeah. It was so happy because they didn't have any milk at all for like, like a year. Who and didn't have any milk at all? Those two people, they decided to live in the boonies, and in their, turn, their method of living in the boonies meant they were going to buy 20 acres in the middle of the wilderness of eastern Washington, in the mountains with all the bears and the cougars. And um, they were going to live in a treehouse that they built. I don't know if you can call it a treehouse. It's more like a tree platform, tiny one. <laughs> I guess it is a tree. It would be the size that teenagers would have, or eight-year-olds or ten-year-olds would have for their treehouse. Yes. There was a tree in the middle of it, and there was enough room on either side. You could stand there and just about get past each other. But it did have two floors. It did. I didn't see two floors. Yeah, they made a roof garden because the bears came and ate their garden down on the ground. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and they made a a potty, didn't they, as well? Yeah, they made a potty and another tree next to it in the platform to get over so they can go potty at night and have the bears not eat them. Anyway, they didn't have any milk because they didn't have a refrigerator. So they decided to get a goat to have milk. And a 
apparently if you are starving of milk for a year, a fresh glass of goat milk right out of the goat is delicious. But it does not sound delicious to me. <laughs> well, I haven't, I, I haven't really liked the taste of goat milk. It's, I suppose it's a taste that you get used to it, or if you grow up with it, I think you probably find it delicious. Maybe. But I never was able to get used to it. Yeah, goat's either. cheese. In Spain, they make a really nice goat's cheese, actually, and I was able to eat that. Oh. But I don't. I haven't found one that I like here. I think it's one of those tastes that hits that uh, thing that we were talking about another time, which was uh, the uh, the taste of your tribe. But I think it was more like. Uh, Genetics, genetics are thirsty for. Yeah. So sometimes you eat something and you go, "Oh my God, that's so, so good. good!" I've been missing that my whole life. It could be, well, for the Macaw tribe, it was a piece of whale meat for some <laughs> of them. For yeah. me, it was this the seaweed hot sauce. Oh my God, that touched the spot. It's like that's been missing in my life. Yeah. And I think in some places it's a. Maybe a butter, or maybe a liver, or it could be a some spaghetti sauce, a spaghetti bolognese, maybe <laughs> a spaghetti or tomato and to, and, and, and olive oil, or a haggis, or who knows? You know, there's something with your tribe, and it could be a Scottish tribe, it could be an Italian tribe, it could be a Roman tribe, it could be an Indian tribe, and the Native American area, and the venison, a wild meat. There's something that genetically goes. That's no, delicious. No, no. Maybe that's what goat milk is for some people. Yeah. I get that with artichokes. I don't know what tribe eats artichokes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where they're from, but it just hits the spot, you know? Right. It's like, if I can, uh, I could just live on artichokes, quite honestly. <laughs> I really could. Yep. And lemon. Oh my god. I have lemon on everything. Lemon's just my thing. I love lemon. Remember, that was a thing we were talking about, too, was we could start smoking, because if you drink a lemon juice every morning, you're immune to cancer from cigarettes. <laughs> That's right. Well, my granddad, from my mother's side, he lived until he was in his late 80s or 90s, I think, and he used to smoke two packs a day, but even when he was right from the get-go, he would have a glass of lemon juice, well it was a full lemon juice with one lemon every single morning, that's what he would start his morning with I don't know if he added water to it or not but he would just chug it down and he said I can smoke as much as I want because I'm having lemon and um, I don't know where he got that information I have no idea but he did it his entire life and then when he was in his 90s he died of pneumonia and everybody said it was because he was a smoker <laughs> Fine. I mean, he wasn't. He, he was had, 90 plus. Yeah, and he wasn't like, he didn't, you know, um, stop smoking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, the funny yeah. thing was, not much, not too long ago, maybe last year, I was reading some scientific study stuff about this, that, and the other thing, and it turned out that natural vitamin C from those sources, like a real lemon, was curative for cancers that you might get from um, smoking. 
That Isn't that weird though? He knew this. He like, knew this way before that sign yeah, showed up. Way before. So. So anyway, if you have strange. a if you have a desire to be a smoker, just be sure and. Well, we're not propagating smoking here, you know, it's like we're not saying go and smoke, we're not gonna... We did like it before though. Yeah, we did both, we were both smokers before, I started smoking when I was a kid. <laughs> I started smoking when I was a kid, also. Yeah, it was... but we both gave it up at some point or rather. Yeah, because kind of got tired of having um, basically this open door to addiction, addiction something and that controls you control over me yeah. so I wasn't really the boss of it I couldn't go anywhere without be sure and make sure and make certain you have some form of nicotine with me so if you get an airplane then I have chewing tobacco just so I can be sure I can fly somewhere and if I got up in the morning and I needed to go outside I had to be sure I had a lighter and a cigarette in my pocket yeah. and if yeah. I went for a bike ride I mean, racing my bike in the mountains, I still had to bring my cigarettes with me. And if I wanted to go swimming, where do you put your cigarettes when you're swimming? They get wet. They get Anyways. wet. <laughs> it's, it's a mess. So, I tried the um, vapor thingies. But vaping, although it was kind of interesting and it smelled better, it kind of made my lungs hurt. Oh my god, that's <laughs> so, not a good sign. I don't know if that's a good sign. No, that's not a good sign. So, back to regular old cigarettes, and then at one point or another, that open door, it's an open door to what happens if you don't have it. When you don't have it, you, you're open to low-frequency engagements with lots of things and people. Oh, yeah. And that open door means you're susceptible to being controlled by low-frequency entities. Yeah. No good. So, okay. we just drop that. Lemon or no lemon. Yeah. That We're addiction was a door that needed to be closed. Yep. So. It's not going to happen. Yeah, so weird. if you ever, if you want to quit that smoking thing, all you have to do is get a, a root of ginger. <laughs> stick oh, it yeah, in your pocket. But the, the, the ginger one is really interesting. Um, and also with clove or other strong flavors. Because they help not just with the smoking addiction, but with general... Addictions in general, even addiction to fear, addiction to, um, like, uh, yeah, fear, that, uh, or adrenaline, you know that? A lot of times people will get a lot of fears and stop them doing stuff because there's a cycle that stress and fear and adrenaline puts the body through that ends with the feel-good hormones. Um, or whatever. Yeah, the, the feel-good hormones are the end result of your fear, like after you calm down, you know, your body's overproducing those hormones or those chemicals in order to calm you down. I see. And that's why it becomes so addictive and people get paralyzing fears and stuff like that. Um, but also it helps with addictions like alcohol and um, uh, smoking. I don't know of anybody trying it with other addictions, so I can't speak for that. But theoretically, I don't see why not. And what it does is, like Larry was saying, when he needed a cigarette, he would bite into the ginger, like the actual ginger root. And that sent a shock into his body, but also highly stimulating 
tasty because he likes ginger. Satisfying. Satisfying. And then soon, very soon, the body started reprogramming itself that wanting a cigarette meant he's going to get ginger. And um, it really, really supported and helped his decision to stop smoking. Yeah, and at some point or another, you know, I didn't really want to make him bite a ginger right off the root anymore. So we dropped the biting a bit of ginger off, and, and consequently the cigarettes were gone too, so... Yep, they were both gone. And it was painless, effortless. Yep. Yep. And I tried to quit smoking before several ways. Wasn't very good at it. Yeah. I didn't have a very good support network to help me stop either. <laughs> That's true, you need that too. <laughs> My crew, when we go fishing, if I'd, if I'd quit smoking, they'd bring cigarettes. Just to make sure. <laughs> and say, you know, you want to quit smoking, quit on your own time. Don't <laughs> quit when you're going fishing. Because, you know, it can get crabby. So if I would get too crabby, they'd throw cigarettes at me. That's quite funny. So I never actually made it through a whole trip without yeah. not quitting. They said, you don't want to be a quitter. Yeah. So, well, I've, other people have, and I've known some individuals have used it for um, managing their fear and stress. And... Again, this is a topic that I'm going to go into great depth for one of the courses at the Events Academy called the Farewells, Fears and Barriers course. And it's one of the tools that I'm going to be exploring at great depth when it comes to um, overcoming these things in your life in order to expand your life and have the life that you really want in, in, on this planet. So, yeah, it's going to be quite exciting, but, yeah, it also helps with addictions of other types, <laughs> like smoking. Cool. Interesting. IB Academy, I, IB, IB Academy sounds, um, sounds like the graduate level, like, like Ascension 101 was like, here's the basic things you need to know to manage your life on this planet without... without Engaging in low frequencies all the time, or be controlled by your low frequencies, and it's set, and IBM's academy it seems like um, the um, graduate level work or master's level work. Yeah, it's called an academy, and there's going to be different levels of engagement there. So there's like the prerequisites uh, or the base, the foundational classes and courses. And then there's going to be certification courses too, where you can become a certified consultant in the IBENS methodology. Right? Oh, wow, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, so you'll be able to have your certificate and then use it in your practice um, as a complementary item or exclusively the IBENS method uh, for your practice. So that's going to be really exciting for a lot of people to be able to use it as a career path. That would be kind of refreshing to be able to get a certification or a certified person to use these techniques to help you on a one-to-one -one basis with, you know, whatever it is that your process of ascension is yeah. and not have it be, you know, founded upon some kind of dogmatic religion or some strange this, that, or the other thing type 
where things, it's like every time I've ever taken courses, at some point or another, inevitably, they've gotten hijacked, you know, or their source material is full of stuff that's just crap, I guess is the only word you can use. <laughs> well, um, the way that I judge those things, or um, maybe not judge, but, uh... Measure? Yeah, measure and figure it out. When I like a, a certain teaching or a religion, I see if it is codependent, if it's creating a codependency in me, or is it creating empowerment? Is it making me independent and encouraging me to step out into life as a very powerful individual that I don't need them or the dogma to um, really do good in life. I take the tools and I use them and they're just part of my toolkit, not... The only. The, yeah, if I hear the word, this is the only answer, this is the only solution, this is the only whatever, then I run a mile. It's like, <laughs> I, it's like yeah, that. People have know? a tendency to do that too. They find something that works and they think... People Every, do. The answer to everything, everything is, this. is this. Whether it's essential oils or Reiki or, Reiki or, Qigong, or Qigong or Tai Chi or Kung Fu or a guru of some sort. Definitely some guru boy or some guru girl. Or you know, if they say this is the only solution, it's the only way to do everything in life, then uh, that's, that's already a red flag for me. Anyways, we are at the race. We oh, arrived. Yay. Okay. So, we really enjoyed our first episode of Driving to the Rest with Larry and Inelia. <laughs> we're not done talking, but we're done talking to you. Yeah, we're done talking to you. <laughs> and uh, looking forward to our next episode and see what we come up with. So, let us know what you want to talk about. <laughs> talk it to you might soon. happen. Bye. Bye.